0: edit that. Mm. Hello all, this is Dan Bruzek with ICU Talks. Today we have two guests, actually one guest. We have top dog, Kim
1: Honeycutt. If you ever call me a guest again as the founder of this organization... Yes. We're gonna like we're gonna like scrap like Fort Mill scrap. You don't even know what that looks yeah. like. So again,
0: thank you for being here, founder. Um, we yes. Also have, In
1: the name of Jesus, it's good to be here.
0: <laughs> we also have a, a past ICU talk speaker, Madison C. Woo!
1: Hello.
0: Thanks for being here. All right, so Kim, take it away.
1: I sure will. Thank you, Dan. Dan the man. So I'm I'm super excited, Dan, about what we're about to do. Because we had a special event that just out of nowhere, I just felt the Lord say very clearly, let's do a special event for ICU talks. As you know, we normally meet the third Tuesday of every month. We're booked out for the year. It's all taken care of. And all of a sudden, God's like, hey, I want you to go to a different location. And I want you to focus on Jesus and therapy. And so he said, get and C to be the first speaker. He be, like, it was it was. Well, she
0: was the first oh, available, but... Not. Right,
1: right. It was, so, it was so clear from the Lord. It was just so clear that's what we were meant to do. And so we got to do that. We pulled it together very quickly. So because we did a different facility, it was not recorded. So there's no proof on film of an amazing job awards from the Lord that Madison had, but it is imprint on people's hearts. I, I think it did so much for so many people. And so I just wanted to give her a chance, since it's not recorded, come here share a little snippet of what she shared that night. Just a snippet. Just a snippet. Yeah. And then let's let's just talk about what's, what's happened since that talk. So it's been a month. And when you go speak for the Lord, and you speak out about your pain, beautiful things happen, and then people also can come against you, right? So Madison, will you, so glad you're here. Thank you, I know you got a crazy schedule with you working on your masters and being a soccer coach and you have a you have a son, you have a four-legged son you just got, <laughs> Benny, right? Benny the three-year-old dog. Yes, right, that uh, I told you you named Benny, which you don't know this, but that's short for Benzos in my world, but you didn't know that, so it's okay. <laughs> it's all right, you didn't mean to name your dog. I may be
0: on those right now. All
1: right, you will. And if you're not, we will arrange it, Dan. <laughs> So, just please, let's give us. I know you're busy as can be, so glad you're here. Can you give us a little idea of what you talked about?
2: Yeah, so my story starts a couple of years ago when I walked into my college dorm room and my best friend looked at me and said, Madison, here's the phone. I'm not going to leave this room until you call a therapist. Hmm. And that was a defining moment in my life because I'm sitting there and she says, hey, you're you're struggling, mm. you, you need some help. And up to this point, I really lived a life of um, trying to be perfect and mm. being chained to my performance. And so for somebody to call me out and say, hey, I see that you're hurting, that totally took me off guard and surprised me mm. because I had all these reasons that I did not need therapy. See, what my best friend had seen was, the effects of the concussion that I had received a couple months prior when I was playing college soccer. And a one second impact has changed my entire life <sighs> because with the brain injury, I experienced being unable to sleep, being unable to eat. I experienced depression and anxiety. And so three months passed and I'm still hurting and still struggling. And so my friend says, Hey, here's the phone. You need to call somebody mm. and schedule an appointment with a therapist. And I had a lot of reasons why I did not need therapy. I thought, I'm a Division One athlete. I'm made for mental toughness. I can just push through this. I'm intelligent. I read an article about depression. I can reason myself out of it. And the main one for me was, I love Jesus. Mm. I can mm. just pray, and this will all be fine. Mm. Besides, if I'm honest about what I'm struggling with, I just didn't know how people in the church would respond. Yeah,
1: tell it, sister, tell it.
2: And so I... second, I'm sorry, I just wanna make sure. So I came to this place where I was looking at all that I was trying to deny in my life, and I realized that by trying to deny the depths of my pain, I was actually prolonging mm. my pain because I was not getting the help that I needed. And it was in that moment when I'm in my dorm room talking to my best friend, and I realized that I, as a Christian, needed therapy too. Mm-hmm. And that was so controversial in my mind because I am thinking, you know, I have salvation. Um, I I know Jesus. I know God's word. But I, I realized that having salvation does not prevent me from experiencing pain. That's right. And that... I can still carry burdens for my trauma, that I can still be chained to perfectionism and performance, and I can know God and still struggle with mental health. That's right. And so through the process of therapy and and going to see a therapist, uh, what God has done in my life over the last couple of years, um, he has really showed me that mental illness is not evidence of a lack of faith. It is a platform that God uses to display the power of His grace.
1: That's right. You know, and that's so powerful, message. And even even physically, right? So when people have cancer or, you know, they have some type of disability, get in a car accident, lose a limb, like, God can use all that. But no one shames them for how they get through that, how what, what they do medically to get to a better place. But for those of us who really do have a different brain chemistry or have a life event like a a TBI and it changes the course of your life, people will come at you with that instead of standing standing beside you. And the Bible is clear, we're called to stand beside each other. No matter what it is, no one's gotten better because someone shamed them. So people get better because people stop shaming them and expose the shame. 'Cause even though we have the salvation, you talk about you're reborn, doesn't mean we're resurrected, doesn't mean we're renewed. Right? That's just the beginning of the process. And I know it took so much for you to be so honest and clear of it doesn't matter if you're Valvatorian, doesn't matter if you're playing college soccer you're still depressed. Yeah, and I was
0: all those things, too, and more, probably, in, in my life, you know, all <laughs> that things. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and
0: I was even one of them, yeah, it was, but, <laughs> but no, one of the things, though, I would bring about most ICU talks, and I think it's great, is that it's not always a happily ever after right. type of story, That's right. it's a, hey, we're still working at it, and, right. and whatnot. I've heard a couple that maybe say, well, everything's great now, but... I, I do like to, the focus on, man, it's an everyday struggle. It gives, right. gives people like me hope that yeah. maybe I can make it through my right. lovely right. life,
2: too.
1: Yeah, and, and part of Madison's story is that when you told me you were like nineteen twenty, you were just adamant that if people were depressed, get in the Bible. If you had anxiety, get on your knees and pray. Like, you were adamant about that, and that the Lord just took you and showed you that, that part of your recovery process might be being in the Word and on your knees praying it. it it won't change your brain chemistry necessarily. We can get delivered, right? We know that. But most of us need to humble ourselves enough to ask for help and stop making it about us. Because our our salvation is is about what He did for us, right? We're not called to just be so caught up in pride that we can't tell someone else, hey, something's going on with me. That's not the call.
2: Yeah, it really took my own personal experience to make me think about how I was viewing mental health and how I mm-hmm. was treating people who mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. mental health issues because I for so long had had this theology that if you were experiencing mental health issues, it's because you didn't believe that God could heal you. And then fast forward a couple of years and there I am crying out to God and had not yet experienced healing and four years later still struggle with daily chronic pain. And so that personal experience for mm-hmm. me was the platform that God used to rework my theology and really show mm-hmm. me more of his character right. in the midst of the context of some really difficult and challenging circumstances.
1: Yeah. To me, it sounded like it went from religion to personal relationship with, with him and yourself. Right? Like you couldn't, you had to stop denying what was going on with you to see where he was in that. Mm-hmm. Right? That's powerful. Right? So you read or said a line that was really powerful. And um, and I remember seeing that on Facebook, that we turned it into a a meme. And and, and it's a powerful statement. Can you read that again and tell us a little bit about people's response to that statement?
2: Yeah, what what I've learned and what God has showed me is that mental illness is not evidence of a lack of faith. It is a platform that God uses to display the power of His grace. And I had some people who were not happy about that comment Mm. and they were they were critical because their theology their beliefs was that God gets the glory only when there's an end product of healing that's present Mm. I I see where they're coming from because that was me for so long that God only gets the glory when there's a complete healing in the present and as I, as I read that, as I came across my phone screen, I just thought, gosh, that theology and that view of, of mental health limits God's ability to work in the process. Yes, yes, Because I think scripture is all about God caring as much about the process as he does about the end product. Hmm. And for, for me in my life, You know, I I wish that I could say completely that I'm healed of chronic pain, that I never Mm -hmm. struggle with depression, but that's not my story. Do I believe that God is capable of of healing and full healing? Yes, absolutely. But to say that God only gets the glory when that's the Mm -hmm. end product is to limit his power to use the process.
1: Right. Yeah, I view it because, you know, I, you're an athlete, and, and, Dan, clearly you work out. I mean, if your, the listeners could see you, they would understand my oh. statement. Yes, he's part of our security team at ICU Talks on the third Tuesday of the month. But I, I'm a, I'm a runner, and so, like, I'm the one sport I can really watch is, like, when they put New York City Marathon or Boston Marathon on TV, I can watch it. And I will tell you, I love watching the person who finishes in two minutes, two hours, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. two hours and five minutes. Their form is the same when they start as in the end. To me that is glory to the Lord. That's amazing innate ability. But my heart and my empathy is to the person that comes in at six hours and they're staggering and they're they're spitting and someone's kind of having to help them and they barely make it cross the line because see that's that's my life. That's me, that's my struggle, right? So both are glory to God. So us thinking it's the person who finished looking really good is glory, right? That's the story too, that's glory i'm i'm the person that finishes in six hours and and will take three days to sleep before i can talk about what i just experienced right so god's just not that small he's with every person in the race right and we're, we're called to stay in the race and the, the fight the good fight right? and that's what you're doing and i'm so proud of you for that because you are this close to having your masters as a therapist correct
2: yes i graduate this year Woo! Yay! yes
1: yeah it's fantastic yeah, and that's, that's, think of this power in that story, that she goes from being a young woman who's extremely intelligent, academically gifted, an athlete, thinking that she's always been in the church, thinking that if someone is depressed, they are far from God, to struggling herself, and now turning all that around, and deciding that she's going to spend her life being a therapist, and, and being a part of this calling, and I will tell you, being a psychotherapist is beautiful, and it's not the easiest calling either. And so like if you can do something else in the world, go do it, right? <laughs> it's like being a pastor, like you better really be called to be a pastor. And so I'm just so being glad. a
0: volunteer for ICU Talks? Well, oh, that's a calling. Well. Yes. That's yes. a calling. Let me show yes. you my face.
1: though. <laughs> right, I'll show you mine, looks the same as yours. <laughs> it all says zero, Good. right? But that's why we started ICU Talks. We want people like Mass have a place to go And hear people from the stage say, like, hey, I lost my son to depression. Or I've never had a traumatic thing happen in my life, and I still struggle to get out of bed. Like, we want every story on that stage because God knew every single one of them from conception. Right? Their worth is the same. Right? Like, you don't have to have a big story in order to be a great therapist or a great pastor. Like, the enemy is going to attack us all in the same place, and that's rejection, shame, and blame. Right? And that's why we have the Trinity to fight against that. And so we gotta be in this together. I don't know anybody who gets better alone. I haven't met that person.
2: No, and and as I was thinking about people's response to my story, it made me think about how we we all have critics, but sometimes they're not visible coming through a text message. They're inside of us. And so now since yeah. since that talk, I've had to make a choice. Am I going to let my commitment to be obedient to God be louder than the voice of the critics.
1: That's right. That come right. against my
2: calling. And so yeah. that's that's what I get to choose every single day is right. in the face of the critics inside of me and the ones that, that come across my phone screen. Right. Am I going to choose to that's be right. obedient to God's calling in my life in that's the midst right. of that?
1: Yeah, it's good. And just know like that inner critic, that critical parent in the world psychology we call it the critical parent. It's really the voice of shame. Like God's never going to come at you like that. Like he wouldn't have sent his son for us. And for his son to be crucified, bury all of our, our pain and shame and blame and then be resurrected. And then talk to us the way that inner voice talks to us. Like it's just so incongruent. But unless someone teaches me how to identify and isolate that voice, I'll never isolate the behavior that's associated with the voice. So I'll stay in the behavior and I'll stay out of my true character that God calls me. Right So without therapy, I, I know I wouldn't be where I am.
2: Same, I agree.
1: Dan?
0: Y- yeah, yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Your whole family's grateful you're in therapy. It would be my guess, right? But, right? Yeah. yeah, It's just a great All thing. Around, yeah. yeah, and so it's just a, it's just a thing. It takes so much pain and, and just humbleness to walk in the door of a therapist's office and say, "Hey, I, I, I can do this by myself. I just can't do it well. I can't be well and do this by myself, all right? And we just want everybody out there to be be well mentally, and that leads to physical health, and that will lead to spiritual fulfillment. So it's not like you've handled the critics that have come at you since you talk pretty well.
2: Yeah, I'm thankful to have such an incredible support system, and I love that you bring up that we, we can't do this life alone. And, I mean, to go back to that place where I'm in my dorm room my best friend looks at me and mm-hmm. says, here's the phone... I mean, that moment changed my life. And she had the courage to call something out in me that I didn't even see in myself. And that's what ICU Talks is about, people linking arms and walking and journeying through life together through the valleys, through the mountaintops, through the messiness and brokenness of of mental illness and struggles and depression and trauma and saying that this is not how the story ends. And that's That's the hope that we have.
1: That's right. And I want you all to know, if you're in a church and you think no one there is struggling with the insecurities that you have, that's because maybe you're in an environment you're not allowed to show it and so i'm just everyone has this this is our battle we struggle with shame we struggle with this idea that we're too much or we're too little of something and and when we're when we're in our right self when we are who he's called us to be that's when the purpose gets bigger that's when we have more clarity of what to do next and I just want to encourage every listener out there that I hope you're in a church where when you say you're depressed, that someone just stands beside you, someone just hugs you, someone tells you, hey, here's a, here's a TED Talk I heard, or Here, here's a, 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 some resources for you instead of telling you that you're not enough, instead of sh- adding more shame to the shame you already have. And so if you're around people that are adding shame to your shame, please break free. Find a group of people that are just going to love you, and and help you walk through this process i don't know anyone who gets sick and knows exactly what to do next whether they've had a stroke whether they've had a traumatic brain injury like you need someone you deserve someone with you telling you how to get to a much much better place it is not easy it's not an easy process it hurts it gets much worse before it gets better when you're in therapy yep all right but it does get better and we get clarity of why we went through all of what we went through And there's glory in all of it, not just in the end, Mm -hmm. right? There's glory in all of it. So this has been great. Thank you, and I hope you'll come back. I know you're super busy doing all this, solving the problems of the world at Davidson and everywhere else you are, (laughs) and taking care of your new puppy, Benny. Uh, But we'd love to have you back sometime to talk more about what's it like to to be a Christ follower and to be an advocate for therapy, right? It's a great thing to be. So I'd love for you all to join us the third Tuesday Um, of every month icu talks meets at mosaic hope center you can go to icutalks.org we have a community resource page there if you're looking for a therapist need inpatient outpatient whatever you need for your psychiatric needs it is there and um, dan's going to be with us again for our next time
0: absolutely
1: looking forward to it so again madison thank you
2: thank you
0: thanks all